I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everybody and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. This week I'm bringing you a rerun of my favourite episode of the year. I've had some pretty amazing guests. I think we've been really lucky in 2021. From Mrs Hinch to Audie Mabusi, Catherine Ryan, Jack Josser, the list just goes on and on. But when it came to choosing my favourite app, I thought this guest really summed up this year. We laughed, I cried, I felt really inspired and he's an all-round incredible guy and I'm sure none of you will mind listening to him again. It is Dr Alex with The Secret to A Healthy Mind. The amount of time I spend fannying on with a Bunsen burner, Alex, when I could have been learning about my actual biological <laughs> body clock, it would have saved us a lot of fucking misery as an adult, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> everybody and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. I am joined this week by none other than Love Island star, NHS legend, mental health ambassador and all around really good egg. It's of course Dr. Alex, everybody. Woo! Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited indeed. I love that. I was good at, you're a high energy person, Vicky. I love that. Do you think? you always got energy. Yeah, I think so. Oh, bless you, babe. That'll be all the, um, oh, that'll be all the caffeine now. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of them before you come on, fair enough. Shouldn't really say that to a doctor, but never mind. How are you, Petal? I'm doing all right. It's pretty hot. I shouldn't complain either. I mean, it's, it's warm now, isn't it? Summer's finally here. A bit more positive. I know I know. we've had this news about the, um, you know, the final stage of lockdown and extended mm-hmm. a bit, but I still feel quite positive. I still feel happier that we're not completely stuck inside. Yeah, I can course. see my family. Got my puppy Paddington's growing up. So, yeah, I'm happy, yeah. I know. I had to, I've honestly got so many questions to ask you, but I do want to start because you're a bit like me. Like, I'm a bit of an English rose. Underneath all this fake tan, right, mate, <laughs> I am so such a delicate little flower and I am sweating my tits off in this weather how are you called and are you okay it's tough it's tough I'm literally when I go outside I've got factor 50 on you know I don't mess about I'm factor 50 now nothing less nothing less I've literally just been doing this morning this morning um, and the segment was outside and by the time Phil and Holly come out I was dripping like an egg sandwich mate it was awful it was it was on like picnic baskets and all my cheeses were all sweaty and stuff by the time Holly uh, and Phil uh. come I know 
anymore. Oh, Nobody no. wants a soggy sausage roll, Al. It was fucking awful. No, want, no one's a soggy sausage. That's for sure. Horrible. No. Yeah. Phil was fuming about it. Anyway, we'll move on. It's good to know you're taking yeah. care of that lovely little skin in this weather. <laughs> important. Very important. Absolutely. I do, I've accepted now at 30 years old. There's no tan. I don't tan really. I get a little bit colour, a little bit, but not too much. I'm much happier. Look after the skin. It is important as well. Look after the skin. You only get one set of skin. Look after it. Why are Take I- care of it for life. And you know what as well, right? I used to, when I was younger, I used to be like part of the baby oil brigade, which is, again, another thing I should absolutely not admit to a doctor. Um, But I feel like we're friends now as well. So yeah, I used to go on holiday, sit in Malia for two weeks with the lasses, drink woo-woos round the pool all day and cover (laughs) myself in baby oil, like zero factor in that. I think about it now, and for starters, I haven't got the patience. But secondly, I think, Jesus Christ, you look like a handbag by the time you're 50 if you'd kept on going like that. Yeah, well, luckily you must to stop because your skin looks good but I mean, to educate myself what is a woo-woo <laughs> what on earth is a woo-woo I never, I never, I'm a hito maybe but a moo-moo or moo-woo-woo right. or is it woo-moo so oh, right. <laughs> now we're really all gone so a moo-moo is like an oversized like very lightweight kind of like poncho for women for the summer um, I, right. I believe Homer Simpson had one in an episode of The oh, Simpsons. Really? They're favoured in Hawaii. I think it might be traditional dress out there. Very, cool. very lightweight and airy for those summer days. But a, a woo woo, on the other hand, is a cocktail. <laughs> it's a cocktail. And um, I mean, it, I'm showing me, um, me, me roots here. I think it's like, um, I think it's very basic. I'm going to say like um, cranberry vodka and maybe his peach snaps it's it, there's not a lot going on okay. but there were a, so i shouldn't bother with a woo should i try a woo-woo or not no, really petal, you're too posh for a woo-woo you stick me on mojitos <laughs> <laughs> i'll stick to mojito okay fine i can't be responsible for you being like mortal drunk on woo-woos that's just too much <laughs> yeah, no, it's too good, much for us to yeah no good that i wanted to start with by first of all and i'm sure i'm not the first person to say this and but I just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you to you for all... And, and I, wrote, I reached out to you over the pandemic, but I knew you were so busy. But I just wanted to say, fucking well done, Alex. Jesus Christ, yeah. what a man you are. Well, that's very kind of you. But I should say as well, because people often... I said this uh, offline. You are a really, really kind person. Because a lot of people can say things publicly, and like, oh, you're doing a great job, or you come on a podcast. But you took the time to message me or out of the blue, along and a very kind message as well. Uh, and you even offered me to buy me a drink, which I might, we can have a woo-woo together now. Um, you know, but you, you sent me a genuinely really kind uh, message. And that shows, I think, the kind of person that you are. So thank you very much. And uh, it has been a tough year. I mean, for everyone, actually, regardless of your situation. In many ways, I felt quite lucky that I was able to, you know, obviously what I saw in A&E was very hard, but I was with my friends and my family in some way in A&E, whereas actually as someone who was otherwise living alone, if I was just stuck in and wasn't working in A&E, that'd be really tough. So, you know, honestly, my heart goes out to a lot of people that have spent so much time alone in the last 18 months. It's just been really, really hard. But um, yeah, no, I feel much better now. I think this Christmas was really tough. I think that really got me because, um, you know, obviously, as you know, and I think we talked about it before, my brother passed away last summer, which is obviously very hard. And then, you know, going into the winter, um, you know, I was supposed to go home for Christmas, see my family. And I, to you, I saw how things were going in the hospital. I was like, this is not going to happen. But just mentally being like, can't go home, didn't see them in New, Year, New Year's, his brother, my brother's birthday my birthday, my mum's birthday, all that stuff just happened in a time that I couldn't go home or see anyone. Mm. I think that was very hard. Like December through to kind of March, I think was particularly a tough time, but I feel much better now. Oh, bless you, Alice. Like, like pandemic aside, you got, like, your family has just been through so much, mate. I am so, so sorry. 
Yeah, so it's gonna be a lot of them. Um, I think grief takes a long time, and I think a lot of it's delayed because obviously we've been stuck. And I mean, like you feel like you're in trenches a bit, don't you? You're kind of yeah. like battling through, but I'll get there. I mean, it, I'm 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 doing okay. I'm focusing on like the role and work I'm doing on the mental health. Yeah. I'm, you know, just got my project, my bath bomb stuff, yes. the book obviously published. Like trying to throw myself in the pot. I think what I try to do is throw myself into positive spaces. You know, yeah. the book really helped me. Writing the book was like it just fo- you've got to have something to focus on. I think when you're going through a tough time, it really does help. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And listening to your talk there about how you threw yourself into work for the NHS during the pandemic, how you've thrown yourself into your other projects, like when you were going through, the, obviously, the grief of losing your brother, it sounds as though that's how you do deal with grief and loss. It's to be proactive, to find a focus, to keep yourself busy. Am I right there? Yeah, I think so. And everyone's different because, and it, of course, there is, and some people would argue, like, it's the problem is of doing that. Are you dealing with things? And yeah. I kind of understand what people people mean by that. But I find that for me, if I sit too long and I spend too much time with my thoughts of what if and you know, guilt that you naturally get when anyone dies, you feel this sense of guilt. Even there's nothing to do with you in many ways. You just feel this guilt. Um, you know, I find that doesn't help me. Um, so I try and find a balance between sometimes now I sit and think a little bit, but then I don't allow it too long. And I just think, right, come on, let's get on with the day or let's let's do something positive or let's go for a run or go for a walk or something, get outside. But yeah, I mean, you know, naturally, if I'm honest, I'm probably an overworker like mm-hmm. anyway. And if you just leave me be, I'll just work way too hard. Yeah, let alone when something happens, I'm like, like go through so i have to unwind and actually like next week i'm going away for a hot week um with some friends to to cornwall just on holiday which i think is going to be great like my first actual break and i think that's really important downtime is good so i'm gonna have a proper week of chilling out and doing not very much to be honest maybe i'll try to a woo or two that's it (laughs) That sounds like just what the doctor ordered, no pun intended. I think, like, and I don't want to dwell too much on this because I have so much lovely stuff I want to talk to you about, in in particular the up-and-coming series of Love Island and stuff, which I'm so excited about. But I just wanted to say, like, when it comes to grief and pain and loss and things like that, like, we've all experienced our fair share, and um, I don't think there's any one right way to deal with it. I think it's totally subjective and whether you've lost a brother or a best friend or it's like a relationship breakdown, whatever that loss is, like everybody has to deal with it in their own way. And some people, they find a focus, they get really busy. Other people, they go to ground and totally feel their feels. But I think however you've chosen to cope with it, Alex, is right for you and, and that's all you have to know. I think that's great advice. I think that's great advice. Everyone's different. Deal with things in the way that you need to. Just obviously make sure things like drugs alcohol those things never help you know but like you know if you need to have a night with your friends and just kind of let it all out like that's fair enough just do the things you've got to do to kind of get through it of course babe oh bless you well i hope you have a wonderful time in cornwall i'm very jealous i can't wait i can't wait can't wait i hope it's uh, my luck though i'll get there and it'll just rain the whole time but even if it rains i'll still enjoy it i'm still gonna enjoy it whatever happens but chill out and make the most of it. That's it. I'm going to say something very controversial here and everybody who's listening is going to think, you knob, I fucking hate the hot weather. Do you? Really? Eh? Oh, Alex, I don't mind if I'm sitting in a pool in Portugal or whatever with a woo-woo in my hand, but <laughs> if I am like, if I am in London or if I'm at work or if I'm in New- Newcastle, we're just not built for it as a country. Like I'm yeah. sweating me tits off, me hair looks like Diana Ross. It's just not a great vibe. So no, I, yeah. I feel like regardless of the weather, I get you. Well, you well, you know me. You know me. I, I I'm not great with the sun either. Like I don't. Do you know what my perfect temperature? I like 
24, 25 degrees of the breeze. You know, the little breeze <laughs> is beautiful. Just a gentle ble- breeze in your hair, on your face. Lovely. Sea breeze, if preferable, but any breeze is fine. <laughs> and, it's, and it's great. But when you get this nonsense in London, like 33 degrees or no. whatever, just, I'm not built for this. No, I babe, honestly, I was literally just like, 80% liquid under my dress today. <laughs> it was gross. It was like a swamp down there. Like, nobody needs that. Like, in Central, I'd say anything more than 20 degrees is criminal. Absolutely yeah, criminal. too much, too much, too much. <laughs> this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we had this wonderful thing every week when um, the pandemic was really roaring at its height and we were clapping for our carers clapping for the nhs clapping for everybody on a thursday night and whereas i feel like it was a lovely gesture i was out there every thursday night myself giving it what for on me pots and pans yeah um, but i also feel like um it was potentially not enough not an, there was not enough done to celebrate our Incredibly brave and hardworking NHS. Like, you had your ear, on, ear to the ground. Like, you were one of those people. What was the general vibe? Did Were people feeling, were the NHS happy that we did the claps? Did they want more? I think, do you know what? Um, I, I know there's mixed opinions on this. If you ask different people, doctors, nurses, you have different answers yeah. depending on who you speak to. But I really felt that there was something really amazing about the clap because there's two things. First of all, it was like a real sense of like motivation and like mm. appreciation. I walked outside Lewisham Hospital a few times when the people were clapping, obviously at a time that I could walk outside. Mm. Um, and it was, it was amazing. It was a real sense of like togetherness. Yeah. And I think that brings me on to the second reason is I think it was bigger than saying thank you to carers. It was a community thing. You know, mm. people were standing on their doorsteps across the street. You know, like it's like in London, where mm. people don't even know their neighbours. You're standing out with your neighbours you've never spoken to, you never interact with you. And you're waving, saying hello to everyone. It was the sense of like each week being like, we got through it. We yeah. got through a week. We got through another yeah. week. And it was amazing togetherness. So, yeah, I think it was a big thing. But do I think the NHS staff deserve a proper pay rise? I do. Do I think 1% is enough? No. Um, I think, you know, most NHS staff have been underpaid for a very long time. And I think it's only fair that we, we probably reward them, you know, for their hard work properly. Um, but, you know, it's it's one of those uh, industries, I guess, NHS, where, you know, you do it for the passion and love of the job, not because of the thanks. You will never get the, you know, the thanks that maybe people would expect. But actually, you know, you, we love what we do. And like, the reward of seeing that person's face when they feel better, the thanks that you get from the patient you're looking after, that, you know, that moment of gratitude that you get from one to one is just amazing. I think that's what we all want, really. And in terms of the pandemic, you know, we're just glad to see things a bit better and much better because it's just tiring eventually. 
Of course, mate. And is it like, I know obviously we're reading all these amazing new statistics. We know COVID is definitely like, it's decreasing. There's less cases. And is the vibe in the hospitals better as well? It's it's better. Not to put a negative on it. I think the problem, only problem we've got is not the only problem, there's many problems, but one of the problems we have is that because it's been so busy with COVID for so long, a lot of other things like operations yes, and treatments built, haven't happened. Up. Yes. Yeah, which means there's so much pressure on the hospital now to catch up. Uh, and departments, A&E still really busy, not with COVID, but with everything else and people having injuries and all this and staff already tired. So it is tough. I wouldn't say it's just gone, oh, that, that's it. And it's back to normal. It is, it's, it is tough. But yeah, the cases are low at the moment. They are a little bit rising. Um, the reason is, is that obviously when the restrictions left, people in interact more and if you interact more you're going to have more cases so it's kind of expected but we need to keep them low enough that the hospital doesn't become you know have big problems but the really positive thing is that obviously this week as of today actually when this when we're actually recording this mm -hmm. on what what is the date today on the 16th as we're recording this and um, the uh, over 21s can have a vaccine now and by yes. the end of this week everyone every adult can so when we have the young people vaccinated we spread it less so actually i feel quite positive and, and i do towards the end of this year i hope we'll be much more towards you know a better time really it does feel like there's real light at the end of the tunnel like i know yeah. i know the warm weather certainly does help for everyone apart from me who's around miserable cow it's sunny <laughs> but no i feel like the unprecedented rate with, with with which they're rolling out vaccines is incredible i know like myself and my boyfriend have both been invited to out get hours now so that's definitely on the to-do and i don't know with the rates going down and stuff it just feels like there's hope in the air i suppose yeah there is I think so. I think so. Everyone feels a bit more cheerful. I, I think, you know, we've got to understand that a lot of people have lost during this time, whether that's grief or whether it's, you know, relationships have broken down or whether it's jobs and all this stuff. You know, so there's a lot of stuff to deal with mentally moving forward, but at least there's something positive and we can start dealing with that stuff and we can start looking forward to the future with a bit of positivity, really. Oh, absolutely. And talking about the future and talking about positive things, guess what I'm doing on Friday? I know this is a podcast about you, but guess what I'm doing? No, no, what are you doing? Tell me. Uh, let me guess. Uh, let you, well, I reckon you're sunbathing. No, you hate sunbathing. Uh, it's nothing to do with woo-woo. So no, no. You've done that one enough. Um, you're not going to Portugal. That's on the, on the amber list. No. What are you doing? What are you I'm doing? Pick, I'm picking up my puppy, Alex. Are you? I saw this, I saw this little sneak. You had a sneak little... What was the name of your puppy? Because I saw the picture of the tag. Oh, he's going to be... shared the He's going to be called Milo. Milo, I saw the little sneak peek thing. Oh, that's so exciting. I mean, it's just amazing, isn't it? I've got a little puppy Paddington who's yes. now, um, well, he, he's, he lives mostly with my parents because London's too busy for him and as he's growing up, but he's still my puppy. Um, he's, he's, only, he's only like 16 weeks or something now. He's still really young, but they're so amazing. Like, they make you so happy. What breed is he? So Milo is a, lab, a golden Labrador. Oh, um, beautiful. I know, and he's been rescued from beautiful. Dogs Trust. So I'm, oh, I'm amazing. very excited to just give our fluff little boy you're really oh, good at home I've oh, seen you had Paddington and I've fallen in love with them and I want to ask have you got any top tips for me getting a puppy oh uh, I mean how old will, will yours be how old will Milo be oh so Milo bless him Milo is going to be about three and a half months nearly four months by okay, the time I get okay him. and is he is he potty trained will he pee outside I say potty is he out, outside trained or does he go out for a week <laughs> and all that business um, so I've been talk I've been in regular contact with the girls at Dogs Trust and they think yeah. um, they've they've told me like he's a very good boy so I'm uh, assuming he okay, has some okay, basics okay. I think the main thing is, is just to teach him straight away where he goes to pee. Mm -hmm. So like every time he starts sniffing or looks like he needs a wee, take him out the back straight away. And when he has a pee, biggest fuss ever, give him a yeah. treat, a, you know, like big fuss. He knows like that's where he goes for a wee. And it, literally, if you're really, really strict with that, 
within like 24, 40 hours, you'll get it. But they, what they say now is, well, you shouldn't like tell dogs off properly, like shout at them, whatever. Yeah. It's about encouragement. When you need to pee, it's like, well done. And if you pee inside, just ignore it. No fuss. Nothing okay. happens. He learns then. He learns that, oh, I only get the treat and the fuss if I do it outside. Okay. So that's the main thing, isn't it? You just don't want them peeing in the house, do you? That's really good advice. Basically, I go on exactly the same way when Erkan manages to get the weight in the toilet rather than all over the seat. So I'm well practiced <laughs> for that. Like, this is going to be a piece of this. I love piss. that. I love that. I love that. That's perfect. And a good pun as well. A piece of piss. Absolutely. <laughs> so can um, Milo and Paddington have puppy dates, please? They should have a puppy day. I think so. That'd be really fun. Paddington's so um, high energy, so I, I hope Milo's ready for that. But yeah, absolutely. Oh, honestly. You love it. No dog of mine was going to be chilled. He's going to be like a yeah, raving no. lunatic, I think. Yeah, he's running around. <laughs> he'd be running around. He'd love it. he love life. How have you found being a dog dad? Because everyone keeps saying to me, that's your life over. Like, I hope, I hope you're ready now to just have, like, this responsibility and nothing else is going to take over. And it's making me feel a little bit nervous, if I'm honest. Well, I mean, I've got to be honest. I mean, it, I, I cheat a bit because, obviously, he's living with my parents, really. So I, I've had him up here a bit and I go back and see him. It, it is hard work. It's hard work when they're puppies. As yeah. they grow up and they know the routine, they know how it is, they're chilled and it's fine. But it's worth it, though. They're like, you just love them. They look, they run in, they look at you, they're so happy, like... You won't feel like it's proper work. Yeah, probably in the first few months when they're proper puppies, it's a bit difficult. But give it time and you, you'll, you'll be absolutely fine. Good. I'm so pleased. You've made me feel reassured. In fact, every time I speak to you, I do feel like you're, you're even across like podcasts or whatever. It's like a warm hug for my soul. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I'd like to think I make people feel reassured, which probably is helpful if you're talking about medicine and stuff. You kind of need to make people feel a bit more, you know, in the know, I guess. Yeah, you have a very calming vibe about you, whereas I think I'm a little bit more neurotic. Make a good team. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you. I think you're very comforting with stuff. I think you're you're high energy. I have that aspect as well. You're just a very high energy person, but that's a good thing. It's not bad. Oh, bless you. Right, you are a very busy man, Alex Swan, as well as um, working for the NHS, of course, as well as being a dog daddy. You have also just brought out a brand new book. I have. I have. Live Well Every Day, which it's, it's yeah, it's kind of, I can't really explain how, um, how weird it feels to do that because I mean when I was younger and I didn't know it but I was you know dyslexic wasn't great I really struggled with writing mm. essays just hated and all this stuff and I, I kind of if I thought when I was younger that one day I'd write and publish a book and you know for it to go well it got a Sunday one number one Sunday Times bestseller and which kind of <laughs> which I you know I just never would have actually believed that that was possible and you know I you know what I really wanted to do with the book is kind of put down all the things you know on paper that I talk about you know with well-being with self-care you know from like how to get a good night's sleep you know what how to find your purpose and passion in life yeah. how to manage your time how to switch off how to work how to be more productive you know why does food matter what do you eat you know what 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 shouldn't you eat how mm-hmm. how do you build good habits you know sexual habits. I've tried to like put everything in one book that I feel that I wish I'd have been taught when I was at school. You know, the yeah. things that as an adult that someone would have given me as 18 or 17, 16 and said, this is what you need to know about looking after yourself. And, you know, and I think it's, I genuinely believe and a lot of the feedback I've had from people is that there's something in there for everyone that can kind of help them, I hope. Oh, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a wonderful book. And as well, I wanted to know, did you find the process really cathartic, Al? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I know you, you obviously you, you're you're kind of doing your own journey with that now, of course, which is very exciting. And I'm, I'm excited to read it as well, actually. <laughs> I, I think I think in terms of it's funny, it's really 
cathartic, but it's also really, it can at some points get really stressful as well. I yeah. think, you know, writing is hard work. It's not easy. Um, and especially like when you're trying to make sure, like there's a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is medical, it needs to be right. And I mm-hmm. think that adds a certain layer of stress as well. But, you know, when it's all done and you sit there and you look at the book in your hands and you go, oh my God, that's that's mine. You know, and when you write a book, I think it, what the thing for me that I've kind of realized is, it's there forever, you know, you've created something that is, it's something you can hold, it's something real, isn't it, tangible, that's there forever, so yeah, I I am very proud of it, and as I say, like, it's more than anything, it's the feedback, hearing people going, gosh, I've tried this, it really works, I feel so much better, you know, I've learned to manage my day better, like, I'm more productive, I can switch off better, and you know that for me is that for me is everything so it's you drawing on your knowledge as a doctor your experiences through life and also adding in the bits that you wish someone had told you when you were younger yeah absolutely things like you know people say to you make sure you follow your passion in life make sure you you know find the right career how do you decide what your passions are you know how do you decide what what you're going to do when you're young you've got to decide what your career is going to be and I thought well let's sit down and like create a bit of a roadmap of how you Mm -hmm. decide that from pulling you know what are your skills what are the things that excite you what areas are you strong at you know what things actually make you feel good and and make you feel happy and kind of bringing those things together and you know, I think in life, um, a lot of people, it's very easy to kind of end up in a career that doesn't really represent you know, your beliefs, your hobbies, your passions and things you enjoy and end up not actually doing things outside of work that, that make you happy, that you enjoy. So I, I believe that, you know, not, you know, work is work and it's not always about doing a career that necessarily is like the best thing you ever wanted to do. But you should have aspects in your life, either inside or outside of your workplace that reflect your passion, your purpose, you know, something that you really, really enjoy. Look, aside from medicine and everything, I love cars. So mm-hmm. I make sure that, you know, I get to go and have a drive in my car and enjoy, like, you know, this year I'm like, right, I really want to go watch Formula One. I want to start, like, doing the things I really enjoy. It's so easy just to work, 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 and never actually do the things that make you, you know, feel fulfilled inside. I know it sounds awful saying cars make you feel fulfilled. I mean, obviously medicine does that, but, um, you know, it's doing, it's doing what you enjoy. And I think that's what I wanted really in the book. And, you know, just practical tips, stuff around sleep. Why does sleep matter? How do you get a good night's sleep? You know, what happens within the brain when you actually go through phases of sleep? You know, like all these things are really important. Like, I think even up to like the last five or a couple of years, people don't realize how important sleep actually is. You know, sleep isn't a state of just like being sedated and out cold and nothing happens. Your brain is active. It's processing. It's creative. It's it's digesting. It's It's so important. A lot of our ideas of creativity or you know, uh, working a solution, that solution might be solved while you're asleep. It's come to you while you're awake. But that good night's sleep helped you process. And also while you're sleeping, I remember I remember this from when I was like banging at me training, your body's recovering, isn't it? Yeah, so whatever absolutely. you put it through that day, whether it's a hard training session or whether it's just like running around after your kids, like whatever it is, your body needs that solid eight hours, if it is that, to recover from the day ahead and make sure you're ready for the next day. It does. There's so many aspects. I mean, you need good night's sleep for your immune system. Your immune system relies on, on sleep. You need it to, to um, control things like um, hunger, and eating and things because if you we find that those that sleep less than six hours each night have you know a low amount of sleep much more likely to have uh, weight gain diabetes heart problems strokes so it's really important preventing wow. disease it's really important as well for concentration for mental health i mean you know what happens you wake up after a bad night's sleep you you know the term i've woken up the wrong side of the bed grouchy you're in a grouchy, grouchy <laughs> yeah grouchy but if you do that constantly and you consistently starve your 
you know, body and brain of sleep, it can affect your mental health. It can make mm-hmm. you miserable and unhappy. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just try to kind of take that. And, you know, what I really hate is that, you know, that phrase of, oh, you sleep when you're dead and all this stuff. Yeah. That's rubbish. It's a bit toxic. Sleep allows you to get, yeah, it's toxic. Sleep gives mm-hmm. you the opportunity to get the most, you know, out, out of each day. But yeah, as I say, there's, there's lots of different chapters in there, you know, from that sexual health stuff as well, to that passion and purpose, you know, and I really just hope people find it helpful. To listen to your talk, it's really obvious to me that, like, yes, you're passionate about this, but it feels like these things that you're talking about, I learned in school, right? I learned your maths, your algebra, I learned French, like, I learned geography. Like, I can tell you all about fucking tectonic plates. I can even <laughs> go to France and tell them I've got a pencil sharpener. That's amazing. But none of it is, is useful to me at all. Like, I can honestly, I loved English at school. I love that I fell in love with the written word and the spoken word. I can articulate myself correctly, blah, 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 whatever. But it, apart from that, and like basic maths, I used fuck all that I learned yeah. in school. And I kind yeah. of feel like they missed a bit of a trick. Like, I wished I'd learned more about periods, which sounds so ridiculous. But yeah. as, a, as a woman in her 30s, like, I am still discovering stuff about my body and feeling frustrated that nobody ever took the time to teach me that sooner. Because I what, can't agree with you more. Do you know what I, I mean? can't agree with you more. You know, we need to teach. This is what I'm trying to do. And in my role with youth mental health, I really want to see us redress the balance from pure academics to actually creating well-rounded people, a 360-degree view of people mm. who understand their bodies, understand their minds, how to look after themselves, where to go when they're struggling, how to manage their bills, how the to think bills? about their tax returns. What is a mortgage? I mean, most of the population, you ask them, like, how does a mortgage work? Mm-hmm. And not I'm being rude about anything, but people wouldn't know. Not yeah. because, you know, they can't understand. It's because they're not told. We're not taught these things. And I think there's so much of this that's important. And again, you know, this is why in this book, I try to think about in terms of health, in terms of well-being, in terms of happiness. It's like, what do you need to know? What are yeah. the fundamentals in each of your days that you need to know? The things that might surprise people. And that's what I try to wrap together. But I agree with you as a broader thing. I think we should be teaching people. No, yeah, of course, it's good to learn about geography, maths and all that stuff. But let's teach people about, you know, human biology as well properly. Like so women understand women and men understand about uh, and people understand about periods and stuff. You know, we all need to understand that. That's you know, it. It's very important for all of us. The amount of time I spent fanning on with a Bunsen burner, Alex, when I could have been learning about the actual biological <laughs> body clock, it would have it would have saved us a lot of fucking misery as an adult that's all I'm saying absolutely ridiculous well Alex I have absolutely loved talking to you in part one I'm going to give you a little bit of a break because I need a wee will you come back with us in part two please I shall I'll have a cup of tea we're back at it yes that's me boy Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 